The only lights on in the troop bay of the landing shuttle were red and dim. The lander had already separated from its mother ship and was waiting for the rest of the assault boats to form up. Ninety soldiers, half of Echo Company, 13th Spaceborne Assault Team, had been crowded into the lander for nearly two hours already. With the visors of their combat helmets down, the men appeared faceless and might almost have been robots save for the small random movements generated by nerves. Two-thirds of these men had faced combat before, but that did not make the veterans any less nervous than the men who were going into battle for the first time. In some cases, knowledge was worse than imagination. The veterans knew what they might face. Each man had his own personal reasons for fighting, weighty or trivial. There were no conscripts in any of the elite assault teams of the Accord of Free Worlds. Every man had volunteered for military service, and then volunteered for this duty, after he had been in uniform long enough to make an informed decision. Some fought because their homeworld asked. Others fought because they felt a personal call to the career, or to the crusade against the Schlenal hegemony. And naturally, there were some who never discussed their motives— some who might have had no real idea why they had enlisted. Strategists rarely think of an army as a collection of individuals. Teamwork is much easier to attain than a spark of personal initiative, and generally more valued in an army. After all, a unit must function smoothly in combat to have any real chance of success, weapons and numbers notwithstanding. And soldiers have to be drilled until the instant obedience of any order becomes such a deeply ingrained habit that the order is not questioned until after it has been obeyed, if then. But any army is made up of the men, and occasionally women, who wear its uniform. The first squad, 2nd Platoon, Echo Company, was perhaps typical of the 13th SAT. On the regiment's table of organization, the squad was merely one sergeant, one corporal, and five privates. But the squad was more than just a collection of slots on a manning chart. Sergeant Joe Bearclaw was a veteran. Twenty-four years old, Joe had been a soldier for five of those years, first in a defense regiment on his native world of Bancroft, then in the Accords Defense Force, the last two of those years in the 13th SAT. The landing on Porter would be his third campaign in less than a year. He was physically smaller than most of the men in the platoon, but he was a tough opponent in any sort of fighting, whether in actual combat or in training. An extremely private man, he rarely showed any outward emotion. At times, though, one or another of the men in his squad would say that he could always tell when Bear was upset. His gray eyes smoldered. While the shuttle waited for the word to begin its descent, Joe was on his feet surveying the men of his squad looking for any hint that any of his men might be less than ready for the assault. It was a redundant inspection. For the last two days, there had been one equipment and weapons check after another, but concentrating on his men helped Joe suppress his own anxieties about the coming fight. Corporal Ezra Frayne, assistant squad leader, was still a month short of his 20th birthday. Tall and thin, with flaming red hair and green eyes, He came from a farming region on Highland, one of the worlds where Accord and local forces had defeated an invasion of the Schlenal hegemony. At the conclusion of that fight, Ezra had transferred into the 13th. He doubled as the squad's electronics fix-it man. The five privates in the squad ranged in age from 19 to 27. 
Four of them were between 19 and 22. Moore Jafer was the old man of the squad. He was also the intellectual, though no one would guess that to look at him or to see him in action. He was large and burly, with rough hands. Although only 27 years old, his hair was already thinning, with a bald spot like a priest's tonsure. Since he normally wore his hair cut almost to the scalp, he didn't bother to get the bald spot cured. He had taken to the military with as much dedication as he had taken to the study of history and political science. One fine spring morning at the end of the school term, he had resigned his associate professorship to join the Accord military. He had turned down the chance to become an officer and would have preferred to stay a private for as long as he wore the uniform. Despite his wishes, though, he had already been tagged for promotion to corporal in the near future.